Stand Up For The Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up For The Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ, the remnant of true Bible-believing Christians, truth proclaimers and defenders who believe in the whole counsel of God, including Bible prophecy, confronting evil in the land and preaching the gospel, the full gospel. Thank you guys for tuning in. It's been two days. Our site has been down. Many of you don't even know that if you just tuned in, but it looks like the website is back up. It looks like as of now, everything's working. Um, please let us know what you find. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com if you have any problems. Comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Uh, we, yeah, there's spiritual warfare, and then there's just the technological garbage that we have to deal with. So interesting headlines, and then we're going to get into a brand-new book, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. I'm blessed to be able to talk to two contributors today, Mary Danielson and our guest, Linda Harvey. We'll get to her in a moment. Um, so over at American Girl Doll Company, they're now promoting gender transition and puberty blockers to girls as young as three. That's a headline. That's not surprising. But now we've got American Girl Doll Company. Now, also, some pastors are trying to take offense for a change, and I know you rarely ever hear that where Christians are going on offense, actually storming the gates of hell. That's a foreign concept in this American church. But two pastors, one from Arizona, one from Ohio, I believe, they're starting what they call Pastor Story Hour. So they're going into libraries, and one of the books they have out, I think, is Jesus and My Gender, and so talking about biblical gender. So we'll see how long that lasts, and if other pastors you know, get on the bandwagon, try to go in and, and use those public libraries that we can use. Also, a uh, new article, not a surprise, why do vaccinated people now represent the most COVID-19 deaths? That's interesting. That's not my opinion. These are the stats now that show people that have been vaccinated. More of those have died than the unvaxxed. And then one we mentioned, and I'm just going to mention it again because it's important to keep our eye on uh, climate change restrictions and lockdowns starting, not COVID lockdowns, not other lockdowns, but because of climate change. That's fascinating, the things that are coming around the bend. Now, two comments real quick. Um, let's see, this is from, I'm looking for a name, Aaron and Lori. Thank you. Um, we so appreciate Q90 and especially Stand Up for the Truth. You encourage us to keep speaking the truth about things that matter, and Merry Christmas. God bless you guys and for donating to our ministry. Also, uh, David and Mary, thank you both for everything that goes into the programming. And congratulations, Mary, on joining the podcast. I continue to pray for you both and the ministry. It's more vital today than ever. Love the new website. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working on it. That is from Brian. Uh, blessings and stay strong in the Lord. Will do, Brian. Thank you, guys, so very much. And so um, we've also had an issue over at Spotify. Uh, apparently, it's been over a week now. Our account is, quote, under review. I don't know what that means, but I think they're checking into some of the content and, um, you know, what we talk about on the podcast. So you may not be able to access us via Spotify any longer. I'm not sure. 
uh, just pray, pray, you know, we'll find another way, Lord willing. But now I want to open up the podcast with Linda Harvey, our guest. She's back, and she's done so much work. I love her voice when it comes to speaking out on what's happening in the public schools. She's the founder of Mission America. She's also the author of Maybe He's Not Gay, Another View on Homosexuality. She also hosts a weekly radio show on WRFD in Columbus, Ohio. And she contributed to the brand new book, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. Linda Harvey, welcome back to Stand Up for the Truth. Oh, I'm so glad to be with you, David. God bless you. Hey, thank you. And uh, Mary's here. She can't wait. She's got some questions to ask you. Your contribution, I'm looking at your chapter three in the book. It's called Human Rights, Social Justice, and the, quote, gay spin for kids. Can you give us a little, um, just a little summary of why you chose that particular contribution for the book? Well, yes. You know, the social justice issue has been around for a while. Um, it began to permeate the schools, however, about 15 years ago in any serious uh, way. And where it began was with, of course, racial equality, um, uh, teaching about the Holocaust rather than being anti-Semitic and those kinds of things. But then the, of course, the always clever and uh, always inventive uh, homosexual and gender confusion movement Mm -hmm. began to link arms with the uh, racial equality folks and call all of this social justice. And so that began a process of putting this into schools as if this is, you know, the, the way you, you change society is you, it's now diversity, equity, and inclusion would be the newer version of that that term. But social justice has been around for a while, and yep. it's um, ruining, frankly, the intellect and the faithful Christian walk of so many of our kids, because they're, they're getting great confusion that people are born homosexual just as people are born in a certain skin color. And, of course, that issue has been co-opted by race hucksters, I believe, mm-hmm. you know, so that now we're supposed, supposed to judge each other based on skin color. And so this is going on, and people need to watch this, and I think it's one of the most insidious and, frankly, frightening um, ways to train revolutionaries using our children that, that parents need to watch out for. Mary? Yeah, Linda, I really uh, um, in, enjoyed, I guess, enjoyed your segment. I mean, as far as uh, your perspective on this uh, human rights, social justice, and the gay spin for kids, you use a phrase in this particular uh, essay, and you say uh, homosexuality is also always a structural dysfunction. And that really caught my ear because when we're talking about structuring society or structuring the church or anything that we rely on in this life or things that are important to keep society functioning, um, the idea now, of course, more than ever, is to restructure society, redefine norms, and then at the end, the cherry on top is is to uh, provide justice for all, no matter how aberrant the structure is. Um, I, I guess I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about that uh, structural dysfunction uh, that we are caught up in, and what are some other ways that, that the very foundations of our society are being restructured um, for the sake of a few? Right. You know, the whole thing is... Um and I, I've been very inspired lately by a podcast I listened to by James Lindsay, whom I wouldn't agree with him on everything, but it was about, you know, the Marxist, basically cultural mm-hmm. Marxism and how um, 
the innocence of children, and this is part of a, an article that I wrote um, that maybe we'll talk about in a bit, uh, about, you know, the innocence of children is now considered racist um, by by some of these folks. But, mm-hmm. but Marxism wants to dismantle everything. Mm-hmm. And then they think, of course, they're going to restructure it. Well, you're not going to reconstruct much out of uh, godlessness and ashes, and that's what we're going to get if we let this keep going. Mm -hmm. But back to homosexuality. Homosexuality is an issue of the design of God in our bodies, and so is the gender confusion issue. It's unlike other sexual sin, not that those aren't very serious as well. But for instance, heterosexuality, God has designed us for that. It's a timing issue about commitment and waiting for the God's the right time in marriage to express that. There's never a good time for homosexuality. That's always a sin no matter what. No matter what Congress might do and say, this is, oh, this is marriage. No, it's never going to be marriage because you've got a basic design flaw. It's never an issue. And so it's, that is such a great analogy to what's happening to our culture. Uh, Linda, I want to go back. We were talking a lot about social justice and activism, and we understand now uh, most of us, that young people today, children and teenagers, and through the K-12, through they are really many, not all of them, but a lot of them are just coming out as social justice activists once they get out of high school. They are being groomed. You've also got an article, the 10 ways, top 10 ways America is being groomed to normalize pedophilia. That also plays into this because that's the bottom of the barrel of this depravity, this this attack on children. So just love for you to touch on that briefly as well. Right. So as I was saying, that James Lindsay podcast said to me, you know, that if you start deciding, and I believe some of the progressives, certainly their elites, have decided that innocence in children is no longer a value. And in fact, it's a remnant of white privilege, you know, as if people of color don't want their children to remain innocent. Uh, no, but, the, you know, then that everything is off the table and you start looking through that lens and you see it everywhere in what the progressives have been proposing for 30 years, starting back with the UN's revision on the Convention of the Rights of the Child, the Child, child Rights Document. Uh, which has not been ratified by all, like 30-some years later, by all countries, including the U.S., praise the Lord. Mm. Uh, but it had in there that children have not just, you know, basic rights like food and water, but freedom of association. And we know that goes right back to abolishing the age of consent, which which um, the uh, first homosexual rights movements proudly displayed as one of their big uh, goals, and then they kind of went away from that because that wasn't playing well with the American uh, public very well, the the majority of people. And so the idea, though, that children need to be um, eradicated, this innocence needs to be eradicated or Mm. certainly not considered to be anything um, valuable, you see that everywhere from the the obscene books that are usually related to something homosexual or gender um, dysphoric in, in our school libraries. You see that in the radical sex ed that's getting it into younger and younger children. And you see that in the drag queen story hours and in the selling of gender uh, confusion to even the smallest children. The point is to destabilize children, use them as change agents. The whole point is Marxism and societal restructuring. Mm -hmm. That's where it's going. Not everybody involved in this sees it, sees the end goal, but Satan sees the end goal. And that's what's happening. 
The, other, the thing that struck me this week, and I, I, I didn't know a lot about it until now, is that that uh, uh, Balenciaga ad scandal, um, it's just a tremendous controversy, as well it should be, of this uh, fashion company uh, doing a photo shoot with children in, in strange positions and wearing strange things and teddy bears wearing, uh, you know, disgusting things. And it's just... I don't know. It, it it's made the media, but it hasn't. A lot of people don't know anything about it, and they're saying, "Well, we didn't we didn't know anything about it because the set designers made all those decisions, and we know nothing, and we're going to sue them." No, because the number of people and hands this has to pass through to get approved is <laughs> that's just not going to fly. And if you don't know what this is, if you have the stomach for it and you want to look it up, Balenciaga ad scandal. But it rises to the top sometimes, and it comes out exactly what's going on in darkness, and and it it comes into the light. And it's it's just so disgusting, but it makes you see just how far gone this culture really is. I mean, it's not salvageable, obviously, but uh, it's it's certainly judgment worthy. Right, and it's the the reprobate mind, right. you know, which which is used in in I think it's Romans one. You know, it's just it, that's where we're mm-hmm. at. People yep. are so jaded, and often in the in the um, in the in the art world or the artistic mm-hmm. world, creative world, and in entertainment. They believe that humor, you know, making fun of things, everything is on the table to completely trash and defile and destroy. Mm-hmm. And that's what some another friend of mine that I've, uh, you know, been on his podcast for, uh, uh, who's a counselor of many in prison inmates, says that that he sees this all the time uh, with people who are sexual predators. Is that they go from an initial desire to have the lust desire to a desire to defile and that's where Mm. this ultimately takes you and we're seeing that everywhere we're seeing that in the public schools speaking of public schools let's go there linda um yeah let's talk about social justice at school because there's so much you have tried to warn about through the years and and us as well in the chapter, now, friends, we're talking about the book, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. And you write, Linda, if your son or daughter comes home with an assignment on social justice, make sure you look through the backpack. Homophobia and heterosexism may be some of the injustices taught in the lessons. And then, Linda, you say some schools observe the United Nations Human Rights Day and weave in pro-homosexual sentiments. Others go much further and observe the so-called coming-out day for homosexuals. I would say, Linda, most schools, we know many of them do, most of them do. Um, a lot of parents yet don't understand, and you've got a whole calendar on your website, by the way, of public schools and what they celebrate or what they you know, go out through the year. So share with us a little bit on social justice at school. Right, and so we have on our missionamerica.com website, as you said, we have... Um, this uh, school propaganda and corruption calendar, which I've <laughs> developed over the last few years and kept it up with these uh, concocted weeks and days of so-called celebration and yep. observance, uh, and almost all of it, what I have on my uh, site anyway, is about homosexuality or gender confusion, and it has exploded into like virtually every couple of weeks you have something else going on. October is... Um, homosexual History Month. It's also Solidarity Month, and it, they've renamed it um, in some some cases to be inclusive of all the again the the uh, racial uh, critical race theory uh, mm. infused lessons and uh, those agendas. And 
so we have that. We have uh, Transgender Awareness Week in yep. late November. Um, we have Coming Out Day. That's just where people declare themselves to be a homosexual or, or the opposite sex on October 11th. In the springtime, we have the Day of Silence, which has been around for a long time, yes. and it's now completely uh, a joke because these are not silenced people. These are the people who have the loudest voices and are everybody's intimidated by them, including right. the media, including our Congress, where a whole bunch of Republicans just voted for um, homosexuality as so-called marriage. And so it goes on from there. And then by the time you get to June, they're, they're celebrating the lots and lots of celebration of June homosexual pride. And Five that's months. so sad. Yeah. Can we just say here again and again, we say it is now queer all year. That is the agenda. They are queering education. They they have queered entertainment. They queered Disney. They, it's queer all year. It's not just June Pride Month, is it, Linda? No, it is not. You see these rainbow flags and the, the theft of the rainbow misused in that way mm-hmm. everywhere. And, you know, it, it is so sad that you can't – you see a rainbow now, and immediately I don't think, oh, that's a little kid's I toy know. or something – or a flag for celebrating little kid stuff. It is sometimes still that. It is often sometimes the opposite, and it's very, very sad. You know, Linda, it's no secret that schools are failing all over the nation. Uh, American schools are a disaster. And you talk about in your article, um, is the solution to failing schools um, giving minorities critical thinking skills and, and empowering them as change agents and um, fine-tuning their rage against traditional values, which is really what this is. Um, making them lefty activists. And you talk about, uh, you know, in place of an actual education, which we would say, well, give them more math, give them more science. Well, no, that's not the solution <laughs> no, here no. in 2022. And you talk about it's not just urban schools, but it's um, social justice academies and special programs are springing up in suburban high schools like North Hollywood High, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, yeah. I, the end game of this, I, I don't think I need, need to ask the rhetorical question. What is the end game of all this if the kids are not learning any academics at all, but they're learning how to be change agents of a culture that they've been told is bad. Activists. Yep. Right. Well, we have the, you know, the NEA, the teachers union, has been on this track for a long time. Again, this is uh, uh, social change. These folks, so many of them, have been trained in these, um, the education uh, schools, the, you know, the teacher training programs in colleges all around. And, and by the way, folks, Christian school teachers are trained mostly in those same schools. So mm-hmm. we always have to watch for this creeping into Christian schools. Yes. And it is, and it is. But, you know, they, they, they've been on this track for a long time of, yeah. of um, assuming that traditional values are um, uh, sexist, are racist, that America is a horrible country. The whole anti-American and anti-Western culture thing is woven into this deeply. Mm-hmm. So we uh, have to take our first break in about a minute, but I just want to go back and remind people that we're talking about the, the brand new book from Lighthouse Trails, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. And a lot of great contributors in there, and um, I'm talking to two of them, Linda Harvey and Mary Danielson. You can also find chapters by Roger Oakland, Mike Oppenheimer, Carl Teichrib, Bill Randalls, David Dombrowski, Cedric Fisher. Um, and a couple others, but we will talk about the description of the book, where you can get it. Of course, Lighthouse Trails and on Amazon. And we're going to talk about that other article, The Ten Ways America is Being Groomed to Normalize Pedophilia. More on Stand Up for the Truth in just a minute. 
Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Up For The Truth with David Fiorazzo. Linda Harvey is our guest. MissionAmerica.com, a great resource, and you can access the School Corruption and Propaganda Calendar. You're not going to believe what is being approved of, even celebrated in many public schools across the country, and there is a warning for graphic content. Thank you to Linda Harvey and Mission America for not backing down from getting the truth out there. And uh, Mary Danielson is with us. We are talking about the book, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. Uh, Linda, before we get into the census and the gay population and back into your article, I wanted to talk to you briefly about the midterms because I haven't had you on in many months. And we were very disappointed. Uh, of course, we got the same governor that uh, we've always had. It always seems to be a 52-48 split or something like that uh, here in our blue or purple state of Wisconsin. But in Ohio, from what I remember from the midterms, more conservatives or Republicans were elected than not. And I just wanted to get your take overall. It's my opinion that we didn't do, we meaning Christians, conservatives, and Republicans on the platform and on the policies, we didn't do a good job with the messaging. And the activists on the left were much more committed, it seemed, to getting out the vote. So your thoughts on the midterm elections? Well, yes, in in Ohio, it turned out pretty well. I mean, we have a now a supermajority, Republicans do, in the Ohio State House. We reelected Governor DeWine, who's pretty much a rhino Republican, but um, he is a Republican. Um, and we retained some uh, excellent Republicans, Ohio Supreme Court justices, which we very much needed. Um, but overall, throughout the country, it was a disaster. Um, mm-hmm. And we're, we're outspent, for one thing, but we are also outmessaged. And our the GOP leadership is showing its great weakness That's in awesome. not figuring out Yep. What's going on with the, the youth vote is where it's killing us. And mm-hmm. the, the minority vote as well. But the youth vote is killing us because the GOP doesn't seem to want to develop a winning and aggressive strategy to rein in. I'm not rein in, but to lure in, draw in uh, youth voters. But that's what the left is doing. The, this the abortion issue drew so many young women. Yep. And it's why the um, ballot issue in um, in Michigan, passed the one that puts uh, you know the right to so-called right to abortion in their constitution, um, the state constitution, and in in Kentucky, a pro-life um, ballot issue failed. And I hear that they were just outspent. You know, there was just uh, outspent and out, out message. So yeah. I don't know what we do going forward, except we need to somebody needs to figure this out. Who's got the money? and the authority in the leadership of the GOP. Well, we can't talk a lot longer about this, but I do want to mention, look at Florida. Uh, Let's just take a few cues from people who did it well. And Florida is not Mm -hmm. by any stretch a conservative state. You've got Miami and you've got a couple, you know, big cities there. Um, look at look at Ohio, Linda. We, you, you've got Columbus, Cleveland, Cincinnati. Don't tell me those are conservative strongholds. They're not by right. any, by any no. stretch. But yet, you guys did something right. So across the country, we, we've got a problem, and you, and I think it comes back to leadership, a failure of messaging, and also I don't remember in many of the campaigns ever hearing the uh, the biblical issues, the mo- issues of morality and social, so to speak, 
issues, uh, abortion, marriage, critical race theory, what's happening in the public schools. We didn't want to go there. And so these agendas that the left is pushing, we know if they're not biblical. I, I would call some of them demonic that they're going after our children. But it seems like they were trying to uh, get focus on the economy or whatever else, and that's important. But none of the moral issues came up. Mary, do you have a thought on that before we move on? Well, and I'm disappointed in that as well. And I, one thing I have learned since then is that a lot of your local elections are really the best way to accomplish that. The school board, I wasn't aware of what school boards all did until mm. they were locking down the schools. Then I started to do some homework and think, now, wait a minute here. That's a lot of power over our kids and their future and their emotional state. And, you know, my daughter is not in school anymore, but we need to be invested in these things. They're making decisions that they've been given the power to do that. I don't think the people gave them the power to do. So I I just think I learned a lot about the local versus the larger picture of the elections. And I've learned to focus on on what we maybe can do a little better in the future. Yes, that's what Christians can do, impact the local level. Linda, your thoughts before we move on. Yes, we we have a... I think we have a good, strong network of pro-family, pro-life, and, and education uh, warriors here in Ohio that may have made a difference. Um, I'm on a couple of network um, committees uh, that, that uh, work around the state, as well as my Mission America work. And, and I think that the parent, uh, concerned parent uh, input has became a huge factor in the last two elections, and it will continue to be so. We have to simply turn that into a younger voice, and we need to mobilize uh, younger people who are not yet parents, but to show them the value of traditional values. Boy, how do you? That, I mean, I know this is for another podcast, but to, to reach the youth who, as we have been talking about, are being groomed. The left is making disciples. The left is evangelizing, in, in for lack of a better explanation, they are gaining converts to an anti-biblical worldview, the anti-Christ worldview, a social justice activist. Um, this is what they're, they're gaining. This is what they're reaching. This is what they're feeding and strengthening through, in, bit, in large part, the public schools. So let's go to some, one of the things we talked about during the break, you guys, um, just for you that uh, haven't been uh, listening to the very beginning of the podcast, I mentioned the headline of the American Girl Doll Company promoting gender transition and puberty blockers. Um, both Linda and Mary are familiar with the American Girl Doll Company. It goes back that their daughters have these dolls, and I'm sure you listening, you, you're scratching your head going, wait a minute, why would they promote that? I'm looking at the census, the U.S. census, the latest one, we understand 0.9%, that's less, that, that's nine-tenths of 1% of American households are gay, or they're married, they're same-sex married couples. That's, let's just say 1%, that's awful when you think about how the agenda dominates and permeates the culture. Linda, help us understand this, how these corporations are now bending to this, bowing to this ideology, when it's the majority of Americans probably do not really go along with it. Well, that's what is sort of mystifying. And yet there's, there's been a lot of, um, there's been a lot more uh, uh, intense uh, research on this and writing about this. There's a book called Woke, I think it's Woke Incorporated, about how companies have been bowing to the radical woke agenda in every way, even when it doesn't make them money and in fact may lose them customers. 
in some cases, and I can't, don't think this is every case, but in many cases, it's because they want to get these people off their back. That's the pro, that's, this is what we're facing all across the board. The woke mob is intense. It's focused. It's relentless. They will intimidate you. They will cancel you, just as your book, David, says. <laughs> they will cancel you. And why aren't we as committed to our wonderful, godly values as they are to their lives? Yes. I mean, what, what's wrong with us? But they will come after corporations. And so a lot of corporations, they almost all bigger corporations have internal um, LGBTQ employee committees, yep. and they turn into an activist mob within the company. And now that, and then once that happens, they can't dismantle it because wow. that'll it'll get huge publicity and huge negative effects. So they go along with some of this stuff that will lose them money. Well, and look at the progression of all this. You know, uh, political correctness lingo. Um, you know, that seems simplistic compared to this virtue signaling. Mm. You know, we've all had to swallow the, the, the jargon of this, uh, religion of sorts, the left religion. And no, you can say this and you can, can't, you can't say that. You call this person this, you call this person that. Um, but now we're at the virtue signaling, self-righteousness part of the religion, um, where they want to be able to let the world know that they are woke, they are awake. Completely different than being awake, as the Bible describes being awake in the times we live in. How interesting that they would adopt that woke, wokeism in their religion. But uh, it it just seems like well, you know, we need to be able to let to virtue signal everyone that we're with it. You know, we're with the program. And and I heard also from the left from their own mouth that the whole idea is to just push and push and push and push to normalize again that word normalize yeah. um, pedophilia normalize the gay agenda to make it so that you can watch a TV show and you expect to see homosexuality and so yep. that's it's push 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 right. push yep so right. yeah. Linda according to the census uh, roughly seven hundred and ten thousand of the same sex couples in America were married and about five hundred thousand were not married. And I thought, wait a minute, why aren't the homosexual marriage numbers much, much higher leading up to the Supreme Court overturning uh, marriage and striking down gay marriage bans in 2015? They just said love is love, right? They just want to marry whoever they want to marry. That's all they wanted. They'll stop. The agenda will stop there. That's all they want. Just Supreme Court, give us the right to, quote, Married, but it wasn't about marriage. It was about rejecting God's design. It was about giving them special rights, not equality. I, be, before we go on, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Linda. Right. It's about what Mary said. It's normalizing <clears throat> this behavior. They really don't want marriage, many of them, because they because they don't have uh, very stable lives themselves, and they don't want that commitment. Or they marry. They may marry, or uh, you know, they link up together, then they break up pretty quickly. And among the males, there's a lot of promiscuity and, and partner hopping for sure. So, um, you know, that's not, it was the normalization and, and to get, and to put a, a uh, plant a flag on the territory of heterosexual normativity and to say, no, you can't have this territory. We're in here and don't you dare tell us yep. that we're not normal. And it's also, it's, it's a way to silence the mm-hmm. church, especially, and but anybody expressing traditional Judeo-Christian sexual morality. So we're talking with Linda Harvey, and uh, there's a brand new book out from Lighthouse Trails, A Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement. I just want to read the description before we dive into a little bit more. It says, the world has gone through a paradigm shift, and we now find ourselves living in a social justice world. Many would believe that this is a good thing. 
And finally, the world can rid itself of racism, poverty, and injustice. Even many Christians have come to embrace this new way of thinking and dealing with society's problems. But as Christian believers, do we really understand what lies behind the social justice movement? Do we really comprehend what the fruit of this cultural revolution will be to both our society and the church? This book navigates the turbulent social justice issue from a Christian perspective. And you can read some of the topics, communist and Marxist influence, the Hegelian dialect, Black Lives Matter, critical race theory, wokeism, which Linda just touched on a little bit, environmentalism's role, the terms and language used and what they really mean. We mentioned DEI, diversity, equity, inclusion. Every school, most colleges even have a department now a DEI department. Also, the New Age and the social justice movement, the sexual revolution, um, manipulating elections, social justice in Israel, and so much more. So, Linda, I think it's a good time to jump into your article on uh, the 10 ways America is being groomed to normalize pedophilia. And you start off by saying, respectable pedophilia. Are you ready for this? I'm not and I will be screaming against it until the last breath. But it's coming unless a massive parent brigade shows up in both schools and in another venue that must be deployed to overcome this depravity, churches. Linda, we've talked a lot on this podcast, and with you in past podcasts, and the fact that the church has not been active and engaged and influential and we're seeing some of the fruit of that now. So talk a little bit about this problem now. With We knew it was going here. Some of us knew it was going to normalize these things, and pedophilia is something that we're just shaking our head going, yep, it's here. Yeah, you know, I think about the Old Testament and the, what is it, the book of Ezekiel, where, um, you know, uh, the prophet is to go through and mark people with an X on their foreheads those who are sighing over evil. Remember that? Hmm. I may not be quoting exactly where that is, but God values those who who see evil and are ter- terribly distraught by it. Yes. Well, we're, what's happening now in the churches is that people must see the same evil that we do all around us, but these pastors and the leaders of congregations <clears throat> go, oh, well, that's them over there, or something. Somehow the Holy Spirit is not convicting people of what they need to be seeing. When they see childhood innocence being destroyed and people complaining and uh, the passages being read at school board meetings, and this is getting great publicity, where are the pastors? Because mm. that's what's happening. We are all being groomed. That's what I said in this article. All of us are being groomed. It's not just children to accept child sexualization with each other as children or with adults. Mm. And it's coming through all kinds of ways. You know, it's coming through health care and counseling. You know, the children giving, being able to give consent to all kinds of uh, health care procedures. How many people's pediatricians have said, can you step out of the room, mom or dad, while I talk to your child privately? Never let that happen. You are the parent. Never relinquish your rights to oversee the health care counseling of your children. But that kind of thing is going on everywhere. And it says in in the Bible that Lot was I, I didn't use the word grieved. I don't remember what word it, he 
it uses, but he was deeply vexed, vexed yeah. grieved, moved uh, over the immorality that he was faced with in, in the surrounding cities and in his his community. And and um, so I think we in America have to ask ourselves, are we grieved by this? First of all, of course, God, the name of God being profaned and truth being redefined and God being blasphemed and what, what we're seeing them going after children. Are we being grieved by this? And does that lead us to action? Linda, your thoughts? Yeah, you know, the thing I think, having, you know, you've been in this for a while too, David, but, you know, I've been covering this for 20-some years, and I, the latest parent uprisings are wonderful news. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's, it's like what we've been praying for for a long time. But it's getting, as that's happening, and that's the good news, and we can keep going with that um, to make some changes in these schools, the bad news is that the darkness is encroaching like at it, it rapid speed. I mean, the thing, yes. like the American Doll issue, the Balenciaga <laughs> ads, um, what's happening with Disney, what's happening throughout our schools in these horrible, obscene uh, materials that they so casually offer the children. You know, when that happens, you've got, you've got to know, what is God why is God allowing this? Well, one big obvious answer is that He's allowing this as a test to separate people. Who, you know, how, do, how does this bother you? Your children. We've got abortion. It's been going on. 63 million, is it now? That mm. have been slaughtered to abortion. At least. Yes, we got a reprieve. Wonderful. Roe versus Wade is overturned. However, it's still going on mm-hmm. because the, the left is challenging it, the Planned Parenthood people. Are we being tested? to to show our true hearts and where we will put action to our faith? Great question. Um, I think we have been tested. Uh, I'm not sure we'll all, you know, get through this, but we are trusting God because we know he is sovereign. And even though all this is happening, we're one day closer to the return of Christ. And uh, we're just thankful that we're here for such a time as this. I have to remind everybody, I have to remind myself, that we have a voice and we can make a difference. It's one day at a time, friends. We've got a lot more coming up talking about the social justice movement with Linda Harvey coming up next on Stand Up For The Truth. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. Okay, so we, before we go on and get back into this brand new book, uh, Christian Perspective on the Social Justice Movement, um, I think we need to encourage young parents because we were talking dur- again during the break. I, th- I wish we had maybe uh, behind the scenes footage and people could listen. Listeners could actually maybe watch some of what we talked. But we, we talked about how things were so different when you, Mary, and myself, and Linda, when we were growing up, you know, in the 60s or, or even in part of the 70s, uh, where parents didn't, they, they didn't have to be concerned with protecting their children from every aspect, practically, of society and culture that is anti-God, anti-Christian, and even immoral that is bombarding kids today from social media and Hollywood, the entertainment industry and the public schools and corporations and the, you know, you know, government and other things that are, that are sending these horrible messages and reaching kids. So Linda, your thoughts on maybe what a Christian mom and dad can do today other than obviously educate them at home, uh, your thoughts on a couple things that they can do? Well, you know, I think about the, because I work a lot with on trying to do things uh, to change the public schools, 
Um, obviously, if you can take your remove your children from a public school, do so. And a solid Christian school, and be sure you evaluate that, or homeschool yeah. is the ideal. You will never regret that. However, however, the problem is that there are an awful lot of families that, for one reason or another, cannot um, remove their children from public schools. They're either single moms, single dads, they're working a job, they cannot homeschool, or they don't have any other resources, they may not have family backup. There may be a mom and a dad where one would remove the child and the other will not, and it's a division. And so we have to keep working on that no matter what happens in the public schools. We have to work on uh, the public schools because, as I, we said before, they're creating revolutionaries. Mm-hmm. We have to all be engaged with the public schools. So what what can you do? You can be engaged with whatever schooling your child has and equip them in their minds to over, do uh, go through all the current issues and equip them to argue in their mind first. The mind is the battleground. Mm. The mind, then the heart and spirit. That, that's where it goes from. If, if you cannot capture the child's mind and the idea of truth in their hearts and minds early on, they are very vulnerable to be lured away. So we have to work on that and never take that for granted, mm. that that's just, it's just because they grow up in a Christian home that they're going to have that. And so be encouraged that you can, you have an enormous amount of influence, but you have to use the time you do have before they grow up and get independent and go off on their own. And uh, moms and granddads, you have an enormous amount of time. You know, we have my, my, I have two grandsons who are in the public schools because my daughter doesn't agree with me on every all these issues. Some of them she does, but some she hasn't seen yet. Yeah. Um, I'm praying for that to happen. But we spend an awful lot of time with Bible studies with my two grandsons mm. and praying constantly that this will take root and make a difference. I believe it has already, but you know, you just never know. But you just have to keep trying and and trust God as you are presenting the truth and thinking ahead as to what you're going to present to them. Well, and I think the church can do a lot here, too. It should be a haven for families. It, you know, it's pro-family, pro-life, yes. all these things. Yes. What about some churches, you know, where it can provide a biblical setting where where a moms can have a mom group and they can get together, you know, get a, get a couple teenage babysitters, let the moms come together and talk about these things, make sure that they're up on these issues. Uh, maybe some of the older moms and grandmas can come into these groups and come alongside these young moms and give them the wisdom that they, they learned when they were uh, parenting these young kids. And I think the church could do a lot, not just addressing these issues from the pulpit, but also providing that safe haven for moms to to be able to talk about what they're facing. And I think it might be a real education as we educate and encourage one another. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, we are down to 10 minutes already. <laughs> and I just want to mention, uh, Linda, in your article, the top 10 ways America is being groomed to normalize pedophilia. I just want to give the bullet points and then allow you to comment on whatever one you would like. Um, you go through 10 ways that child sexualization is being normalized. Number one is child empowerment and consent. Number two, preventing valid objections to LGBTQ advocacy in schools. Number three, obscenity disguised as DEI, diversity, equity, and inclusion. I like that one. Number four, failure to address the epidemic of youth exposed to pornography. Number five, cowardice. Number six, Christian church involvement is spotty and timid. Number seven, 
Innocence is, quote, racist. Number eight, phony support groups for children can be cover for predators. Number nine, new definition of discrimination. And number 10, minor children are given a voice equal to adults. So, Linda, where do you want to, what do you want to touch on? Well, I really do, because I've covered the LGBTQ thing uh, for so long, I really do want to, once again, put out my voice to encourage people to not give up on objecting to homosexuality. We seem to, everybody wants to go to the gender issue, and that one is horrifying um, and, and destabilizing wherever it's pre- presented to children as an option. But homosexuality is still an abomination in the eyes of God. Amen. And that movement, LGBTQ, has been the water carrier for so much of all of these agendas into our children's lives. And they are, they are, they believe they're fearsome. They are a paper tiger. If people would simply stand up and use in a very civil Loving. and godly way, yep. they stand up and say, sorry, no, not buying this. Nobody is born this way. Do not buy that. Never buy that. And never allow your children to be taught things as if this is like race. There are no ex-African Americans. There are plenty of ex-homosexuals and ex uh, transgender people. Mm-hmm. And our kids at school need to hear that. They need to hear that message. They're not hearing that message. Yeah. So we need to just keep standing up. And that's where an awful lot of this this is. But anywhere where children are elevated and their their empowerment is beyond parents and parents are kept in the dark, like so much of the counseling going on, people need to step in and say, sorry, this is not going to happen. There are lawsuits that I believe are going to um, overcome some of that. And that's that's the really good news. But we can't let the Biden administration, the, the school boards, intimidate us mm. into relinquishing parental rights of authority over our children in health care, in any venue, and they need an alternate viewpoint. And so anybody who wants to step up into the schools and bring an alternate, alternate viewpoint, get the obscenity out of the schools. It's not part of diversity. Diversity is not obscenity, you know, that, but they're trying to make sure that, that that stays in into schools and in libraries. Every place you can, yeah. just um, make your voice heard. And in school libraries, you have, I, we've talked about some of the books that are available there. They are pornographic. They are n- not appropriate for young children, and yet you can find them in many, if not most, school libraries, let alone the public school library. So parents need to be so, they need to do, do so much more to be um, proactive in this area and, and look out for their kids. But, Linda, you brought up a very important point, and I, I think this goes back to, in part, uh, well, prayer, but also local elections and school boards that we've been reporting on some very disturbing stories of teachers affirming a young child or encouraging them to use the, a different pronoun and not telling the parents. Um, do you think we'll, we'll see some lawsuits on that? And do you think that will change anything? There are some lawsuits going on right now. Um, and we'll have to see how those go. One, I believe, is um, in Wisconsin uh, about the boys in that middle school who were disciplined and then yes. the school backed down for their um, keel for their you know their using the wrong pronoun for one of their classmates. I mean that kind of nonsense. Yep. You know, it was going to be a Title IX sexual harassment claim. This is the kind of nonsense that people are spending time and money on when our the academics are totally going downhill in virtually every every school uh, around the country. So we need to get our students back to schools back to focusing on 
you know, staying in their lane. Mm-hmm. Well, isn't this really a form of bullying? What they're doing? You've got to use the right pronouns, right? There's we got pronoun police now. And by the way, that school that school was the city of Kiel is less than four thousand population, which opens a lot of people's eyes. I hope to the fact that this is not just in the big cities. Like, you know, L.A., Chicago, um, New York City, Atlanta, Columbus. So, Linda, we've been telling people for a long time this is in the small towns, and now they're pushing the uh, the whole, every aspect of the LGBTQ ideology. Right, right. It is definitely everywhere, and uh, you just have to be very vigilant and do not, automatically trust, you know, trust but verify what any teachers or counselors are putting before your children. But yes, one of the problems is that the American School Counselor Association, the NEA, and the National School Boards Associations are all on board Mm. with this private counseling of children. They don't want to out, quote unquote, children who are gender disturbed without the child's permission to anyone, including their parents. They see this as a discrimination issue for the child's rights, again, child's rights, mm. apart from parents. No, no, no. The legal, the legal uh, oversight of children remains with the parents, and people need to keep it there. You know, it's interesting, you know, when you start out your, your essay here about uh, it is a sin, you know, and people are not born this way. And, you know, uh, as far as the scripture goes, it's clear, you know, uh, Matthew 18, whoso, whoso shall offend one of these little ones which believe in me, It'd be better for him that a millstone were hanged around his neck and he were drowned in the depth of the sea. And also it says in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 6, um, Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor male prostitutes, nor homosexual offenders? In other words, they can say that they're born that way, but then God would not be just in judging them. And so we have a difference here of opinion between you know humans and God. Um, but again, God would not be just to judge them if they were born that way. So let God be true and every man a liar on, on these issues. Well, let's be clear, right. uh, Linda, we've got three minutes left. What they're pushing is not just something benign. It is a religion. It's the religion of sex. It's secular humanism. It's uh, social justice, which whenever you put a word in front of justice, I think we need to simplify things, right? God is a God of truth and justice. And whenever you put, like, they're using climate justice now, as if the climate can be sinned against. And so they're using, in this case, social justice. So, Linda, your final thoughts on just waking up and warning parents and uh, just trying to encourage people to know how to respond to these things. Right. We have to see it as rebellion. Mm-hmm. You know, when they say love is love, yes. it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Oh, yes, it matters a lot. Yep. Go back to what God has shown us. And we can see it. Even if you were not a believer, you can see that this is not how people are, are made. And you can see in, mm-hmm. their, in, the, in the desperation to silence any other voices, all, all the while talking about, quote unquote, tolerance, diversity, equity and inclusion, which is it's not happening mm-hmm. on, our, on our end. Um, you know, it, it's all about rebellion. Mm-hmm. The spirit is in rebellion against the truth of God. What can be easily seen before, because God has shown us, mm-hmm. Romans 1, um, since the beginning of, of creation, God has shown us what is right, and he has shown us himself. And we can see um, the reflection of God in other humans. We need to have that, always have that compassion uh, and that understanding, and yet know what what is right and true and be willing to stand up and say no where you need to. Mm. And you have to have that 
firm conviction to, to do that. Mm-hmm. Oh, Linda, thank you so much mm-hmm. for the, the, t- the work you put in, the, all the effort throughout the years, and you've taken the hits as well. Uh, God bless you, sister, and uh, have a very Merry Christmas. Well, God bless both of you. My goodness, what wonderful contributors you are to the, the voices in our culture. So Merry Christmas to all of you and your family. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks, Thank you, Linda. Linda. And again, the website is missionamerica.com, and we will link to the book over at Lighthouse Trails in our blog today, which the website is back up after two days. Praise God. Uh, pray for us. A Christian Perspective on Social Justice Movement. And if you missed the podcast with Jay Siegert yesterday live, you had to listen at 9 or you couldn't hear it anywhere else. Um, we are going to put that in the blog. We'll publish that as a post as well. Later on today, that will be at StandUpForTheTruth.com. So thank you, guys. Again, you can go to Lighthouse Trails to uh, look up the book. But I there's so many resources if you're just talking about the public schools um, over at Linda's website, MissionAmerica.com. There's that calendar that she put up there, and you'll go through that and there's definitely a lot to be aware of if you have children in the public schools or if you want to protect children. Um, so much going on. But, uh, Mary, great conversation with Linda. We're going to talk to, to Carl Teichrib next week. Great. He also contributed a chapter to the book. Um, now, next week, well, I can't believe it's Friday already, uh, Monday, we've got Pastor Steve Smotherman, Legacy Church in New Mexico. He's one of those patriot pastors and troublemakers for the kingdom of God, pushing back to a very, very dark government there in his state. Um, also, John Haller, we'll, we'll have him on the line Tuesday from Israel. He will be over there, Lord willing, all the connections will work. And then we've got Dr. Nathaniel Jensen on Wednesday, Carl Teichrib Thursday, Patrick Wood on Friday. God bless you, and as always, keep speaking the truth about things that matter.